Welcome to the People Experience Pulse podcast, your gateway to the new frontier of human experiences at work. On the PX Pulse, we're all about elevating experiences, fostering belonging, and building remarkable workplace cultures in a fast evolving world. What happens when an organization shifts its focus to creating an unparalleled employee experience? In today's episode, Vicki Flyer Hudson and Jeff Bond chat with Amanda Crafton, Vice President of Associate Experience at TIAA. TIAA was founded by Andrew Carnegie after recognizing teachers retire without enough money to live on. Through their belief that everyone should be able to retire with dignity, they serve those who serve others by providing investment and insurance services. Amanda shares invaluable insights on how to implement a hybrid model like TIAA's Work For My Day, as well as the importance of listening to employees in creating a change management plan, and how a two-way commitment between a company and its associates can transform the corporate landscape, boosting both satisfaction and productivity. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Amanda as much as we did. Are you looking to make your workplace more human? Check out my friends at Coolleaf. What I love about Coolleaf is that it helps leaders create connection, engagement, and recognition. You can celebrate team wins, reward colleagues, and have fun with your coworkers. You can build a culture of appreciation and feedback that boosts morale, retention, and performance. Listen to this clip from their podcast, The Great Retention, to hear how Coolleaf transformed a company culture. We needed a way for people to connect. And there was people who would work together and talk to each other on the phone every day uh, who didn't even know them that well. And they had no way to appreciate them. What we liked about Coolleaf was that there is that social element to it. Coolleaf gave us an opportunity to allow our people to appreciate others they worked with on a daily basis, but just never saw in person. Not only did it give managers a tool to recognize their people, but from a culture perspective, it allowed people to connect. And it was really cool as a chief marketing officer to see some of the interactions that were happening on the feed, because that's something that we wouldn't have had if we didn't have a tool like that. Coolleaf also simplifies measuring and improving the employee experience with pulse surveys, rewards, and integrations with your everyday tools. To learn more about Coolleaf and how it can make your work more human, visit coolleaf.com slash try Coolleaf. That's C-O-O-L-E-A-F dot com slash try Coolleaf to book your free demo today and see how top workplaces use Coolleaf to put their people first and thrive. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the People Experience Pulse. I'm Vicki, and we are thrilled to have you join us today. Our show is all about delving into the heart of creating exceptional employee experiences, and we have got an incredible guest with us today. Amanda Crafton is currently serving as the VP and Head of Associate Experience at TIAA. She has been a visionary leader behind their amazing employee experience vision and strategy called the People Pledge, which we'll dive into today. But first, I want to tell you, Amanda, what an honor it is to share this conversation with our listeners. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And Amanda, we are truly excited to have you on the show. You're Extensive experience and insights are going to make this conversation truly enlightening, and I've already learned so much from you, and I'm thrilled to share your insights and stories with our community. So let's jump right in. 
Amanda, if you could share just the journey of what Vicky mentioned before, TIAA's People Pledge, and how it has shaped the overall employee experience and engagement at the company. Yes, so the People Pledge is a two-way commitment between us and our associates. So let me back up from there for just a minute. So prior to the pandemic, believe it or not, we had a lot of change happening um, outside of a pandemic. And our EC thoughtfully uh, said, hey, let's stop for just a minute because it feels like we're doing a whole lot to our associates and we should really think about what they're experiencing and what we want them, what we want their experience to be like. And from this conversation, the associate experience, we call our employees associates, the associate experience function was born. And um, as part of that, that was late 2019. I joined as the head of associate experience in February of 2020. And then obviously, as we all know, in March, COVID hit. And there was a whole lot of discussion around what the experience should be with COVID and how we care for our associates while we're trying to manage through this thing that was new for so many people. And at the same time, we were still trying to launch our associate experience strategy. And what tends to happen or what can happen is when you're talking about the associate experience, especially when it's brand new and people don't quite understand what that is and what that means, they start to think, so what does that mean that I kind of get? What does that mean for me? And as we were developing our strategy, we realized pretty quickly that there is a large part that we play in the experience that our associates have. And that we need to frame that and we need to memorialize that. And we need to say, you know what, associates, we want your experience to be one where you feel like you're cared for, where you're valued, where you feel like you're listened to and that you're heard um, and where you're inspired to do your best. But we didn't want to stop there because it's not a one way street and everybody plays a role in their own experience. And we didn't want to miss that part. And so we created this thing called a people pledge that creates the second half of that circle. So we as a company are going to commit to you. We're going to commit to your experience and we're going to commit to making sure that you have the best one that we can provide to you, knowing that it's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight, but in return, we ask you to live our values to model our behaviors, to understand that as a company, there's probably going to be pieces of your experience that you may not like. However, we still ask that if you're working with us and for us every single day, that you show up wrapped in our values and that you're modeling the behaviors that are core and center for us, hence our people pledge. So together, we pledge together between the company and associates to create the best experience that we possibly can. That is amazing. And what I heard in the beginning of what you were saying about the People Pledge is this act of pausing and saying, like when the pandemic came along, let's pause and think about how we intentionally want to do that. I think that's pretty rare. And it seemed to play a role in your being able to create these incredible programs. So As the head of associate experience and engagement, you have overseen the implementation of a lot of these kind of innovative strategies like the work for my day uh, hybrid model. So can you tell us about 
how s- these kinds of initiatives have impacted associate satisfaction and productivity and also any lessons that other organizations could learn from TIAA. Yeah, we're talking lessons learned um, today, actually, that's been a topic of conversation. So, you know, when you're coming out of a pandemic, the question is, how do we do that in a way that, and for us, in a way that we still keep the good parts of the pandemic, meaning when you're in a pandemic, right, when we're in COVID and we're living in a time of uncertainty, we had this extra level of care and concern and humanness. And so when we're coming out of the pandemic, is there a way that we can come out of it with the same approach, with still care, with with concern, with humanness, and keeping that people pledge right at the center of everything that we've promised to do? We built our program, um, and at the time was called Work For My Day, and It has evolved to um, new ways of working and new day at TIAA. But essentially, the whole intent of the program was how do we bring associates back into the office, but how do we do it in a very phased manner where associates feel cared for, where they feel like they want to participate in this, and where we can slow roll it in a way so that people get comfortable because change is hard regardless. And so we had a surround sound change management plan. We've had a surround sound listening. We've had very human discussions. Um, We held sessions where we don't have slides, where we just talk like we're talking right now and where we're just human and saying, I know it feels weird. It feels weird to me. Um, I have children. I have concerns. I have things that I have to, to worry about as well. So how do we listen to you associates, understand what you're going through, and then apply that into how we're thinking about approaching that return to office, that work for my day. But in return, we do expect you to participate. We do expect you to return. We do expect you to continue to care for one another. We do expect you to contribute and pour into our culture through this. Um, but again, we did it in such a human way that there were no surprises. We had these conversations every couple of weeks. We had different avenues for people to share their thoughts. And we actually listened and responded back with what we were hearing and what we were doing or not doing as a result of those conversations. And because of that, we were able to maintain our engagement scores throughout this entire journey. And we've actually increased our engagement scores um, as even through the harder, uh, more hardline return that we started last September. Now, certain questions around flexibility and certain things that are related exactly to coming back into the office, some of those drop, but we expected that. And what we've also expected is that they would rise again because we've continued to listen to our associates. We've continued to help pour into what they're they are hearing what they're experiencing. And we've continued to be really human and, uh, and clear in a way that is understanding, but is also firm because there are some things that we can do. And there's just some things that we can't change about who we are and where we're going as a company. And so I think that balance of humanness, but with you know expectations of how we operate as a company 
um, has helped and getting away from decks and slides and presentations and just having conversations goes so far. Amen. Yeah. And I really love what I'm hearing about just involving the associates in the decisions that you're being made. I think leaders so often jump into what they think is best for everyone without actually involving their feedback. And so the fact that you're intentional there is actually the harder path, frankly, because it takes more time and it takes more collection of feedback and surveys, but it's the path that's going to create the better result in the end from what I'm hearing. And I know that your culture is is really top notch. And, and within that, creating a positive work environment and boosting morale are just key aspects to enhancing the associate experience. And so can you elaborate on the employer brand strategy you developed at TIA that's led to you know an increased pride among associates and improved recruitment outcomes as it relates to how they view culture now? Yeah, so one thing that we recognized um, pretty quickly is coming out of a pandemic, you're not the same company as you were going in. And so one of the questions that we started asking ourselves from an experience perspective is, who are we now? And what do we want this new experience to be? Because we are so different. And so we um, stood up the employer brand function within the associate experience uh, organization as a whole. The funny thing about TIAA, and one of the reasons why when you talk to people at TIAA, many of us have been here 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, is because we have a very strong mission and we have a very strong purpose. We want to help people retire. We want, we believe that everybody should have the same opportunity to retire and retire with dignity so that you're prepared. And that mission, and we're a service-oriented company. We believe in um, in volunteerism. We believe in inclusion and diversity, and we put these things at the forefront. Because of that, the pride scores in our company have always been high because just of who we are as a company. And so, you know, it's really interesting when you stand up an employer brand function to say, hey, we need to increase pride in our company but it's a company that already has high pride. But what we've done, and and that's been led um, under the leadership of Andy Siegel within this team, who has really focused on what can we do to make people aware internally, not just focusing externally on how awesome we are and how amazing our experience is and how we should celebrate all of the things that differentiate us as a company. And so... We have, you know, put together various campaigns around our people pledge. We have Zoom backgrounds. We have a, these applause recognition cards that we can send to each other with the Zoom backgrounds. We have this thing called our Faces of TIAA that are really heart-wrenching associate stories that we have tons of associates now asking if they can be part of and if they can share their story. And they're done by a full production crew. And I watched, you know, a couple this morning that are in the process of being developed and I'm, they're emotional, right? And that's what you have to do to continue to make that connection. You have to elicit emotion. And so, whereas most employer brand strategies or many, I would say, employer brand strategies focus on how do we make sure that people externally know 
what we bring to the table and why you should come and work for us because we are such an amazing employer. Ours is focused wholeheartedly right now on how do we share that internally? How do we rally all of our associates internally around how amazing we are? And can we take a moment and be grateful and thankful for that? Because who is going to be the best advocate for your own um, employer? Your employees. If the, if your employees think you ha- they have an amazing experience, an amazing job, and they love where they work, and they're tied to the mission and the purpose, and they are reminded of how great that is through these stories and these constant kind of things that we drumbeat, that is that is the core to having an incredible employer brand. And so we've been focused from the inside out so far. And Amanda, I remember coming to TIAA to do a presentation and you can physically feel that culture when you walk in the building. It's almost immediate. When the doors open, you feel something has shifted. So that is very clear even to outsiders. So you've done an amazing job at that. And engaging the associates through all of this open communication and feedback seems so critical. I am curious if you could elaborate on how you have successfully encouraged so much participation, because a lot of companies give engagement surveys and all these different ways to give feedback, but they don't necessarily get it at the rate that TIAA seems to. Um, And that, of course, is fostering this culture of inclusion and belonging at TIAA. So can you share how you've gotten so much participation and maybe some of the methods by which you get feedback? Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things is, and we've learned this the hard way, we're not, you know, impervious to all of this either. But if you listen, if you ask people for their feedback and you don't do anything with it, people are just going to stop giving you feedback. And so that is one of the biggest mantras that we have uh, around. If we're going to ask, we need to do something with it. And so we ask in a myriad of ways. Uh, Rex Backus on our team leads our listening and engagement strategy. And, and they've put together the surround sound approach, which we have an always on survey that's on our intranet that you can always go out no matter what and say, hey, here's how my experience is today. And I just want to give you feedback. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's challenges, but we read them all, every single one. And we make it clear to our associates that we read them all. We also have um, what's called an intercept survey. So once a month, if you're on our intranet, you will get a pop-up that you have to click. Even if you click it to close, you have to click it. Um, And it asks specific questions. And we you know, target those based off what we need to hear. How's your hybrid experience? Or maybe it's something that's dealing with the engagement survey or some other question that's important around the strategy. And so we get um, several thousand responses to those a month. And we feed those over to the teams that need that information to continue to evolve what they are doing. We have their engagement surveys that we do every 18 months, pulse surveys that we do every six months, We talk about the outcomes of that. We have culture liaison teams and leads, which is pretty standard, but we're doing something kind of cool this year where uh, similarly to how our BRGs are structured, we're we're creating a similar model with our key drivers of engagement. So after our engagement surveys, our full surveys, we do analysis to understand what are the things that are driving the engagement scores. And typically there's two or three. And this year we have three and we have aligned EC sponsors to them. 
And we have co-chairs that are our, what we call our EOC, but our senior leaders uh, that are co-sponsors for them. And then we end up having communication leads. We have program managers and a whole team that's focused on improving the engagement around those items across the entire enterprise. And we're going to be very vocal about it so that people know this is yet another avenue that you're giving us feedback. And I promise you, when we see these engagement surveys and and your feedback, we're acting on it. And that's one of the, I would say that's one of our biggest opportunities because most people will say, you know, if I do this, does it really matter? And so what we're trying to do is really amplify that their voices do matter. And we actually have EC-sponsored teams now um, to help move and drive engagement across the enterprise. Um, and then we also do focus groups. We do these things called stay in the know sessions that we can hop into as well. But we talk in all of those sessions about the feedback that we're getting through the other avenues and channels. So, you know, it doesn't quite get to everybody, but it gets to a large portion of our population. I really love that you have a listening and engagement strategy. How many organizations could say that they have sat down and considered a strategic approach to listening? It is so refreshing to hear. And I love hearing some of the specific ways that you're collecting that feedback and doing something with it. Like you said, that is so, so critical. I want to dive a little bit deeper into any specific examples that you might be able to share about how you've taken action on uh, that feedback. I know we've talked about change management and being able to to foster adaptability within the organization. So is there any like specific stories or examples of how you've received feedback from that strategy and some of the, the things that you've implemented, especially over the last year or two? Yeah, you know, one of, we have two additional arms that I didn't really touch on that much. We have a group under Elizabeth Howard that's focused on business area listening. So tell me about your experience and what makes it challenging for you to do your day-to-day work so that we can help make it better. And then we have Seneca Ball, who's focused on what we call the brilliant basics. So we know that we have to get the basics of your journey at TIAA with us, right. And they need to be consistent and they need to be consistently good, if not great. And so a great example that we have um, is around our HR services team. So we started this listening strategy and trying to expand it last year. And um, part of that is implementing tools. So that as you are moving through your journey, your day-to-day journey with us, depending on that moment, you might receive a quick question, hey, how was your experience? We've done it in a way that we can recognize if you've already gotten a survey through some other channels. So we're not going to hit you up with a million surveys. We can you know, make sure that it's thoughtful. But within HR services, so that's our group that you call when you need some HR support or help or you have a question. We introduced this experience survey and it was really part of a pilot just to say, hey, let's see if this tool works. And so associates would call HR services or work with them on chat and they would respond to the survey and say and give very... People will be very honest with you if you ask, right? So they will give you the really, really great and the really, really not great. And the funny part is we didn't do a thing to really try to 
massage and help manage how the team who was receiving the information, who was the HR, who were the HR service managers, we didn't really meet with them a ton. We didn't tell them exactly what they needed to do. We kind of left it up to them, but they started getting this feedback that maybe wasn't the best experience for associates who were calling in and they were going, wait, 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 wait. I'm getting feedback that my team is not creating the experience that that these associates want. And without us doing a thing on the associate experience team, just them knowing that the experience was not optimal was enough for them to change and model, um, um, start to manipulate and evolve how they were working with the TIAA associates. And they increased the satisfaction score from a 67 maybe to an 87 in six months without us doing anything except opening up the actual experience feedback to them. It was amazing. Just just knowledge is power, right? And if you if you don't know what the experience is because you're not asking, then nothing's going to change. And when you start asking and then you actually own that moment in an associate's life and you understand that it's not quite optimal, it's amazing what just that feedback will do to your motivation to make it better. Incredible. I mean, every company should be listening to this, right? Because it's so important to learn for organizations to learn from each other so that they're not reinventing the wheel because then everybody benefits. So Amanda, throughout your tenure at TIAA, you have orchestrated a lot of important uh, sessions around engagement, like stay in the know and the Q&A session for managers and associates. So what insights can you offer about creating impactful engagement opportunities that resonate with a diverse workforce and encouraging active participation from everyone? All right. So I get so excited every time I start talking about all of this stuff. So I I just realized I get so bubbly. But um, when it comes to things like stay in the know sessions and Q&A sessions and some of these things that we started when we started the return to office um, approach. And they've been so successful and they've also been so simple that I think that, you know, it's, it's exciting because one of the biggest things that I think we do to ourselves in corporate America in particular is we love to over engineer things. And sometimes less is most definitely more. And so when we started this journey into, okay, we're going to bring people out of a pandemic and back into an office, we said the first thing we need to do is communicate with them and let's try to do it every two weeks and let's just invite them all. We'll put this invite on everybody's calendar. And if they want to join, great. And if not, great. People wanted to join, right? Because we knew that they knew we were going to talk about where we were in our thinking around personas and return to office and what it means to their experience. And we didn't over-engineer it. We get together on a call and we spend, we'll have an hour together and we spend 20 minutes talking just like this. Hey, here are the topics that I want to go through with you. Here's what's up with your personas. Here's what's going on with where we are in the return. Here's how we're doing. Here's what's going to change. Here's what's going to stay the same. Here's what's up with COVID. Here's whatever the topic is. And then we would stop. And for 30 minutes, the whole time we would get Q&A, our goal was to answer as many, if not all of the Q&A questions as we could 
as genuinely and authentically as we possibly could. And so the first session, you know, we got 3,000 people. And then every two weeks ever since, we continued to get 3,000 people. And in January of 2021, 2022, I would say maybe in March of last year, we moved it to monthly. And because we thought it was going to be too much. So we started moving it to monthly. And at the end of every session, we have a poll that comes up that says, how are these sessions working for you? Do you still find them valuable? And if you don't, and we show the poll responses right on the screen. The first time we did it, it was terrifying because I just knew it was going to tank. And everybody said, these are extremely valuable. Let's keep doing them. And so we've made the commitment that we're not going to stop doing them until our associates say, stop this. We don't need it anymore. We do it every single month. And now we've expanded it past just the return to office into more of um, return to office because we've returned to other things that impact associates. Hey, here are things that you may want to know about performance management routines coming up or quarterly reviews or new intranet sites or whatever that might be. We still let them ask questions for the last 30 minutes. We're now getting four over 4,000 people, 4,000 people once a month on these sessions that are optional. And when we're going through big times of change, then we'll start having them more. And then we also have um, sessions that are focused on people leaders. And again, it's just real talk. And sometimes it's just real human where we just say, you know, it's not going to feel good. And I get it. We're in this together. And we own our experience. That's the second half of this people pledge. So we're going to do what we can do to make this as seamless and painless as possible for you. But you've got to understand in return, this is who we are as a company. And you've got to get on board with this to be able to really work here and show up every day. And sometimes as much as it hurts to even think about, you've got to make a decision on a human level as to, you know, what you want to do career-wise going forward. And we just, we talk about it very real and people appreciate it. And people may not like the messages all the time, but they show up because they know that is going to be genuine. This is incredible to me because I think one of the damaging parts of COVID was just lack of connection and transparency that all of a sudden people couldn't see the faces of their colleagues. They were sitting at home all day and they weren't getting maybe some of the communication from leadership that they were used to. And it seems like you took the things that actually, and there's nothing really positive about the pandemic, but the things that came out of it that were positive, like humanness and caring, and just carried those over and applied them to become even more caring and transparent. That's what I hear. So that's amazing. So Jeff, I'll kick it back to you. Yeah, I agree. And thank you so much. This has been so helpful to me in the way that we work with our clients and really understanding the the human experience across distributed, whether it's in the office or distributed teams, just the the way that we approach listening, I think was the big theme that I took out of this. And and I can only imagine there are people experienced leaders on this who are saying, yeah, that is great. I would love to do that. How do I get buy-in from my senior leader team to really take these matters seriously and consider an essential part of how we invest in our business? So, and maybe they're struggling with that to some degree of how do I even approach my leaders with this? What, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you offer to them? 
you've got to think about tying it to a moment and you've got to elicit emotion. So we just happened to stumble into COVID as our moment. And then we've had a million moments ever since, right? Vaccinations or um, returning to office. Right now, there are so many companies still trying to deal with and figure out how often do I listen? How do I act on the feedback? We're still trying to figure all of that out. I mean, we don't have it down to a perfect science yet. Um, the return to office, a new strategy, uh, a cultural transformation. We're going through a lot as a company right now, and we're evolving who we are going to be. And with that, there are moments and there are moments that matter and some moments matter more than others. And so if you are struggling to figure out the best way to get senior leadership buy-in, again, take that pause, determine that moment and don't just think of it as what is going to happen in the next, you know, three months that's going to impact our associates and what's the process around it, which is where most people stop. But if you actually start having conversations with senior leaders around not only these moments, but how you want people to feel in those moments versus how people are actually feeling, that is where you start to get that momentum. You start to build that emotion. And so you've got to listen. You've got to understand what your associates are feeling. You've got to understand how, who they are, who is your associate base? What does it take for them to get through their day every single day? What kind of challenges are they feeling? And when they are going through these things, how do you want, do you want them to feel bad? Probably not. So how do you want them to feel? And how do you start to recommend bridging that gap? And even if you don't call it experience, even if you just have conversations of, listen, we're moving people along but we're not doing it in a way where people feel, and what are those things, right? For us, it's valued, it's cared for. You need to know that North Star. For us, it's our people pledge. Then you start to build that momentum. You get to you get those aha moments with senior leaders. And if you tell them, we own this you know, company together and you are the face of this and this is how our associates are feeling, hopefully they'll have that same kind of reaction like happened with our HR services group. Right now that I'm aware of what people are actually feeling compared to what I just was assuming was going on, that creates that moment, that creates that intention. And that, in a lot of cases, will spark that flame to want to improve it. Amazing, Amanda. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. So remember, folks, it's all about listening and committing and transforming for a better workplace experience. And the work shared by Amanda today of how they're doing it at TIAA is an incredible example. So stay tuned for more engaging conversations on the People Experience Pulse. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to learn more about Amanda and other resources from this episode. Thank you again, Amanda. It was incredible to have you on the show. Until next time, take care. Thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of the People Experience Pulse. We hope the words shared in this episode have inspired you as much as they've inspired us. Now the real challenge begins, putting what you've learned into practice. The change you create, no matter how small, could be the spark that ignites an exceptional people experience in your organization and beyond. If you found value in today's conversation, 
we'd greatly appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Your feedback helps us deliver high value content and reach more listeners like you. You can find other inspiring episodes and additional resources at our website, thepxpulse.com. Join our community at thepxpulse.com. Thank you again for joining us on the People Experience Pulse. Until next time, remember, the heartbeat of any organization is its people. Let's make every pulse count.